Thanks for tuning in to the Velocity Podcast. We love to hear about life change in our church. So if you have a story about how God has used Velocity to make a difference in your life, send an email at amen at findvelocity.org. Now sit back and enjoy today's message. Because we are beginning a brand new series called In the Christmas Spirit. I'm really pumped to be kicking off this series today because it's really all about adjusting our heart and our attitude and our mind towards the things that God wants to do in our life during this season. And I recognize there's probably some of you that don't need any help in that area. You've been playing Christmas music since October 31st. Go ahead, just let us know who you are. Embarrass yourself right now. All right, well, we'll pray for you after the service. But uh, for the rest of us, I'm not suggesting that we're all Grinches or Scrooges. I'm just saying that we can all agree during this time of the year, there's extreme swings of emotion, right? That There's probably many of us looking forward to what the new year will bring. And at the same time, maybe the reason some of us are looking forward to what the new year is going to bring is because it's been a hard year or a painful year this year. Some things that didn't happen the way you wanted Maybe some of you are looking forward or you're enjoying being around friends and family during this season, but maybe with all the friends and family you're around, it only serves as a reminder that there's some people that aren't in the Christmas card this year. Things look a little different than they did last year. There's a few seats that are empty around the table. Even if you're a goal-oriented person and let's say you had a great year and so many things were better than even what you could have imagined, there's still those things of, well, I didn't get this done. This was on my list. It didn't happen. I fell short in this area. I'm not trying to suggest that any of those feelings are bad or wrong or you got to avoid them. I'm just saying we all have moments that we're going to walk into this season, and some moments are going to be full of joy, and some moments are going to be things we didn't expect, and some moments are going to be harder than others. And that's what this series is about is I want to give you a pattern by which you can know you're making the most of every moment that you step into. How many of you think that sounds like a good idea? You'd like some help being in the Christmas spirit. And what I want to do over these three, three weeks is really talk about a mindset, three different mindsets, a posture, an approach, an attitude that you can adopt. And I don't normally do this, but I guess I'm feeling in the Christmas spirit. I'm feeling generous. I just want to give you all three weeks uh, right up front so you know uh, what we're going to be talking about. But next week, I want to talk to you about the investment. I want to talk to you about those things that we bring into every place that we enter, what we bring with us and what we can bring with us. The following week, the final week, I want to talk to you about the in. I want to talk to you about how we can prepare for life's unexpected moments. But today, to kick us off, I want to talk to you about the invitation. The invitation. So we've got the invitation, the investment, and the end. And to begin, I want us to look in Luke chapter 2. This is where we're going to get started. It's a very famous passage of Scripture. You've probably heard it before if you've ever come to church during the Christmas season. And what I really want to hone in on is one verse in this section. But for context, I'm going to start in verse 8, and we'll read through verse 15. But in Luke chapter 2, it begins this way. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. 
I bring you good news of great joy, which is for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So the angels appear and they give these shepherds an invitation. But the invitation isn't just to the shepherds. The invitation is for everybody. The invitation, it says, this is good news and great joy for all people. This is a message for everyone. I want to use this verse as we get into our remaining moments today to talk to you about the invitation. And it's always my custom that we would pray before the preaching of God's word. So if you would, I would just ask you to bow your head with me and let's go before the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you, God, that every time we come into your presence and we open up your word, there's the opportunity for our lives to be changed and for you to speak to us about the things you want to do in our lives. So, God, I'm asking that you'll do that again today. Use me. Thank you, God, that you will. And you'll speak to people here in their situation. We believe it, and everybody who agrees with that can say, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, how many of you have ever been invited someplace that you didn't want to go? You ever received an invitation that you weren't interested in? Yeah, I think probably all of us have. Why are you looking at me like it was my birthday, Danny? That's rude. I can't help but think of, when we talk about invitations, I can't help but think of all the invitations I've received that I didn't want to go to. For me, it conjures up memories of my childhood. You might not know this, my dad was a Methodist pastor growing up, and so people in the church would invite us over all the time, they'd want to. And I remember this one family in particular, I pleaded with my parents, please do not make me go to this house, because I had been in this house before. And the problem with this house, I mean, they were nice people, they were kind people, nothing against the people. The problem was the house. <laughs> this house was filled with stuffed animals. I don't mean beanie babies and teddy bears. I mean stuffed animals like taxidermy. <laughs> I remember they, they, they had their pet, former pet cat that was stuffed, you know, in case they get lonely and just cuddle up with Beefy. And the truth is, to this day, I'm still scarred. I still avoid potlucks because... You just never, one of these dishes probably came from a house like that. Dog hair, cat, who knows what kind of fur was in this thing, but it's, it's gross. Some of you have been to that same potluck, I can tell. You know, it's not just invitations in the past. There's, there's invitations we still get today. Uh, every Saturday, Nate, our next gen director, he'll invite me to do CrossFit with him. I don't want to do CrossFit, Nate. In fact, if you invite me again, I'm going to fire you. All right? I just, just, it's not on my list. I don't want to do it. Maybe for you, there's some work parties. There's some things that you've been invited to that you want to avoid. Maybe it was this past Thanksgiving. Someone told me about uh, their, their Thanksgiving. They, uh, they had invited all their family over. There's a lot of people. And 
And uh, somebody asked their daughter to pray. It was uh, their six-year-old daughter. And her daughter said, Mommy, I don't, I don't know what to say. She said, just say what you hear Mommy say. So she prayed, Dear God, why did I invite all these people over? It's just... You know, there's different invitations, and some we want to avoid and some we regret making, but I don't want to talk to you today about those invitations. The, the invitation I want to talk about is much bigger than dinner parties that you don't want to go to or CrossFit workouts or taxidermy houses. Uh, I, I want to talk to you about an invitation that has eternal implications, eternity. An invitation about whether or not you have wholeheartedly said yes to Jesus. The truth is, you know, I grew up in church. I've heard the Christmas story. and You can hear the Christmas story so many times. Sometimes it begins to lose a little bit of its weight. I mean, especially for me, just think about this. Every year Christmas comes up, there's only so many passages. And I'm always asking God, God, give me a fresh perspective. Give me a fresh lens by which I can preach your word and help us hear this in a new way. As I was looking at this story this week, I was thinking about an invitation. So what stood out to me is that in verse 10... The angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy, which is for all people. The invitation has been issued. The invitation has gone out. Who's it gone out to? All people. That means black people, white people, Hispanic people, brown people, Asian people, all people, short people, tall people. Big people, skinny people, ripped people, whole people, broken people, dog people, cat people. Although if you stuffed your cat, there is a limit. There's a limit to God's love. It's not in scripture, but that's the, that's the limit if you were wondering. All people, iPhone people, even Android people, the invitation has gone out. It's an open invitation. And I guess what I'm trying to help you see is that as, as we get into this message, the question is not about the invitation. The question isn't, have you been invited? You've been invited. The, the invitation has been issued. The question is not, have you been invited? The question is, what are you doing with the invitation? What are you doing with the invitation that you've been given? It's this question. Are you saying yes or are you saying no? And if you want to know the difference between whether you feel in the Christmas spirit this year or whether you feel the hurt of the holidays, it's this question. What are you doing with the invitation that you've been given? Just think about the songs we sing. We sang that song, we started off the service, Joy to the World. How many would like to feel the joy of the season, right? The joy of the Christmas season. We all want to feel that. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. That's the invitation. The Lord has come. Let. That's the key. 
Let earth receive her king. Let is the key. Let means to allow or give permission or to accept. The Lord has come, but will you receive him? Will you accept him? Will you allow the invitation to come into your heart? Think about the Lord's Prayer. I love the Lord's Prayer. We did a series on the Lord's Prayer one time. The Lord's Prayer says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. That's the invitation. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. That's the invitation. But the next part, it's all up to you. Will you trust him for your daily needs? Will you forgive others so that he can forgive your sins? Will you keep your feet on the path that he's leading you in? There's the invitation, but it's the question, what are you doing with the invitation that you've been given? And what's interesting is when you look at Scripture, not everybody accepted the invitation. Because we know the invitation went out. The invitation went to all people. Angels appeared to the shepherds, said, this is good news and great joy for all people, but it wasn't just that invitation. I mean, creation was waiting for this moment. Creation was groaning, eagerly anticipating this moment. History was aligned for this moment. There were prophecies that had been fulfilled so this moment could happen. There were prophecies that were waiting to be fulfilled by this moment. Heaven was anticipating this moment. It wasn't just shepherds that angels appeared to. Angels appeared to other people, inviting them to partake in this moment. Some people received an invitation through dreams. There was a star that was guiding people, leading people, inviting people for this moment. The magi who we read about, the, the wise men sometimes we refer to them. They heard about the invitation. They read about it in books and studies and charts that they, that they studied. The world was invited to this moment, but not everybody lets or allows themselves to be part of the Christmas story. And this is what was interesting to me. I actually got really excited when I read this because, like I said, I've heard this Christmas story so many times. I mean, I'm 37. I've heard at least 100 different Christmas sermons in my lifetime. But I'd never seen what I'm about to share with you. And man, when you see something in the Christmas story you haven't seen before, you have to preach on it. Because you feel like, man, everything that can be said has been said. But it's not even like it's hidden. I just missed it. And I want to read to you the Christmas story from Matthew. Matthew was one of the gospel writers. He talks about the Christmas story from just a little different perspective. But in Matthew 2, he says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi, those are the wise men we read about, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. And notice the next part it says, all Jerusalem with him. In other words, it wasn't just Herod who heard about this. He heard about this and the rumors spread throughout the whole city. What does this mean? This king of the Jews, this Messiah. So what did Herod do next? It says, when he had called together 
all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law. He asked them where the Messiah was to be born. So this is how it happened. These wise men show up. They're here to see the king of the Jews. They come to Herod. Are you the one? Do you know where he is? Herod is taken off guard. He hasn't heard about this. He starts asking around. The word gets around town. So what does Herod do? He calls together all the chief priests, all the teachers of the law. Who were these people? They were the Jews. They were the people who's, who studied scripture. And what the scripture tells us is that they knew the answer. Look at what it says. He asked them, and they said, well, he's going to be born in Bethlehem in Judea. Because this is what it says, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So they not only knew the answer, they knew the prophetic and spiritual implications of the answer. That they knew they were invited. But look what happens next in verse 8 says that he, Herod, sent them, talking about the Magi, to Bethlehem and said, hey, go search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go worship him. Now, if you know the story, you know that this didn't happen. He didn't want to worship Jesus. He wanted to find Jesus so he could kill him. He was lying. But what stuck out to me is that while Herod didn't accept the invitation, nobody else did either. The wise men showed up. They worshiped. The wise men showed up. They brought gifts. But the rest of the people, all of Jerusalem, all of the chief priests, all of the teachers of the law, they didn't do anything. They knew the answer, they got the invitation. The same invitation that everybody else got, but they didn't do anything with it. This is a tragedy. Because what scripture shows us is that Jesus is the answer. He's the one who brings peace in the midst of chaos. He's the one that brings hope in the midst of confusion. He's the one who brings light when the world seems dark. Jesus is the answer. But they didn't accept the invitation. You know, unfortunately, some of us don't even go that far. Can I make this sermon insanely practical to you? I ask this question, what are you doing with the invitation? Let me ask you, what are you doing with the invitation? Does the invitation stop with you? Some, some people didn't accept the invitation, but some of us don't even invite people. You're supposed to be part of the invitation. And can I tell you that this season is a great season to invite people? There is a heightened spiritual awareness right now. Christ is in the Christmas season. We already talked about how people are reflecting on their life. They're thinking about the new year, what they want their year to bring, and the things where they've missed it this year, and the pain and the joys and all of those things. Are you part of the invitation? Or does the invitation stop with you? We challenge our team 
I challenge our team to always carry an invite on you. You talk about being fully dressed. You're not fully dressed if you don't have one of these in your pocket. And if you want a practical application, could I just ask you, before you leave, grab a bunch of these. Grab one for every day of the week. Ask God, God, put somebody in my path that I can invite. Put somebody in my path that I can give an invitation to. Because the invitation's gone out. But what Christmas shows us is that not everybody allows themselves to be part of the Christmas story. So we see some people showed up. Some people accepted. Some people encountered. Some people experienced. But some decided to ignore the opportunity. Some people missed the moment. And it's not just the Christmas story where we see the invitation. The reason this is important is because the invitation has gone out to you today. God has given you an invitation. And it's this question of what will you do with it? Yes or no? Will you accept the invitation to forgive someone today? God is inviting you. Some, some of you, he's inviting you to the gift of salvation. It's not a gift wrapped in a package and bow under the tree, but it is a Christmas gift. It's not a gift that you can buy by writing a check or purchase off Amazon. It's a free gift. Will you accept the gift of salvation? As we close out this year and look to what next year will bring, some of you, will you accept the invitation to get serious in your relationship with God? To really go all in with God and his church. I would invite all of you to join a team. Will you accept the invitation? You'll, you'll never know what purpose feels like till you're making a difference in the life of others. Will you accept the invitation, yes or no? Will you accept the invitation to know the gift of the Holy Spirit? He's a person, he's part of the Trinity, but scripture also calls him a gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. To know him more intimately, more personally. Will you accept the invitation? Or will you accept the invitation to discover your unique gifts through growth track? I'd invite all of you to live a generous life. Not just living life to see what you can get out of it, but what you can put into it. Will you accept the invitation? It's not just the invitation that you're getting today, though. It's what you do with it, yes or no. You know, as we talk about this, I want you to understand, like, this isn't just my idea. It's not just like a clever, oh, we can talk about the invitation and Christmas and parties. This is actually found in Scripture. Jesus related the kingdom of God to an invitation. There was this one time he was talking to his disciples and they were asking him, hey, explain to us the kingdom of God. And he was sitting and teaching the crowds and teaching the people. And he illustrated it with this story. He said in Luke 14, there was a certain man who was preparing a great banquet. And he invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent out his servant to tell those who had been invited. He said, come, for everything is now ready. In other words, the invitation has gone out. Will you come? Yes or no? But in the very next verse it says, 
but they all alike began to make excuses. First said, hey, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Hey, I I bought some land. I must. In other words, his excuse, Jesus, you don't understand. I've got responsibilities. I've got some things I must do. I've got responsibilities, Jesus. And what's crazy is even in a setting like this where we're all here at church, I could say to you, hey, God has to be more important than the responsibilities. And some of you would say, yeah, but I don't know, Pastor. I don't know about that. I mean, responsibilities are important. You've got to fulfill your responsibilities. Otherwise, you won't be a responsible person. It's important. Like, I've got to do this. How's it going to make me look? This matters. And it is important. And it is a good thing. And it does matter. But what I see is that this guy was so focused on what he must, he didn't realize what he missed. He, he didn't realize that this was an opportunity. Yet, yes, there's some responsibilities. I don't think God is against you having responsibilities. He just doesn't want things to be in the wrong priority. I, I think, because if you read on, what you see is, Again, Jesus is talking about the kingdom. So this man, this king, this Lord in this case, you see that he's disappointed with the answer. I don't think Jesus was disappointed that the guy had responsibilities. Good on him. He's got stuff that matters. He's got stuff he's in charge of. He's got things he's got to do. That's great. I I think he was just disappointed that his land had become more important than his Lord. Let's keep reading doesn't stop there. One of them says, hey, I just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. So the first one was responsibilities. The next one is resources. This guy's got resources. He has things he's managing. Oxen represents work. I don't think there's a one of us that would say, oh, that's an invalid excuse. I got to work, Jesus. I got work to do. Work matters. Work is important. Sometimes, even though it's important, it can cause you to miss what's significant. So, says, I can't come, I gotta work. And there's another one still. Said, hey, I just got married, I can't come. His excuse was relationships. Said, hey, I can't come, my wife won't let me. That's what every husband says when you don't wanna go someplace. Like, I would, but my wife. My, my relationships, can't leave this behind, this matters. And what's so crazy is the guy with the land, he could have said, you know what, I'm going to go to this dinner, I'll figure out the land thing later. You know, the one with the oxen, you know, yes, I've got work. Work matters, but work is still going to be waiting for me. After the dinner, I'm going to go to this dinner. The the one with the relationships, the spouse. Man, my marriage is important. My family matters. 
but I'm not even going to have a marriage if I don't keep it centered on Jesus. I'm going to seek first the kingdom. It matters. Can I just tell you, parents, that you're modeling what matters? You are modeling what matters to your kids. And the reality is, it's not that you can't. It's that you won't. It's not that you can't. It's that you won't. And here's what I want to tell you. What I see in this story is that a good excuse is not necessarily a good answer. All of these things are good excuses. All of these things are valid excuses. There is not a one that is wrong or bad or evil. They're all good excuses. And I know some of you are like, man, pastor, preacher, guy, why I got to be so hard on people? There's nothing wrong with these things. And I agree with you. There is nothing wrong with any of these things. It's only wrong when you've got your priorities out of line. It's only wrong when you're leaving your Lord with leftovers. It's wrong when these things become your obligation and God's invitation becomes your option. What is God inviting you into? What's interesting to me is you look at all these people, all of them say, please excuse me. Please, please Excuse me, it kind of makes me think of my daughter, Pippa. I have a three-year-old daughter. And when she really wants to convince me of something, what she says is, please, pretty please, pretty, pretty please. Like, it's so cute the way she does it. But I'm reading this. I say, please, please excuse me. Can I just challenge you? Don't make your excuses sound pretty. Don't, don't make your excuses sound pretty. You've been given an invitation. Yes or no. Will you accept? Will you let? Yes or no. The King James, they say, I pray thee, excuse me. That's what Christians do when they don't want to do something. Hey, let me pray about it. I'll pray about it. Hey, I'm all for prayer. There are some things you don't need to pray about. When God is inviting you into something, you don't need to pray about it. So don't make your excuse sound pretty. It takes a bold moment to just say, I am saying no. I'm refusing the invitation. Just admit it. And there are some of you who will say no. For the rest of you, I've been praying that you would say yes. I, I've been praying that you would say yes to God's invitation. That you would say yes to forgiveness. That you would say yes to the call of God on your life. That you would say yes to salvation that you would say yes to more of the Holy Spirit. That you would say yes to God's church. That you would say yes to trusting God in your finances. That you would say yes to joining a team. That you would say yes 
to discovering your gifts. You'd say yes to authenticity and vulnerability, that you would say yes to getting back in the game, that, that you would say yes to using your gifts to advance God's purpose, that you would say yes. What is it God is calling you to say yes to today? The invitation's gone out. Everyone's been invited. The question is, what will you do with the invitation? Yes or no? Thank you so much for joining us for this teaching at Velocity. For more great messages just like these, remember to subscribe. That way you won't miss anything. If today's message impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can do that by going to findvelocity.org give and partnering with us financially. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope this message inspired you, built your faith, and helped you see how God is moving in your life.